So we just, I'm talking a little loud, so the microphone picks me up. Not that I don't talk loud anyway, except when I'm whispering, because I don't want to wake my landlords up at three in the morning. Yes. Anyway, we just got out of Last Jedi. It's my second time seeing it. It was Aaron's first. So Aaron, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was excellent. Aha. Um, I really liked the conflict within Kylo Ren. I'm hoping that eventually he'll flip. I was wondering when he wanted to take over with Rey, what his intentions were as far as like running, how he would run the Empire or whatever. First Order. Yeah, that. Um, same thing. Um, I really liked the way the planet was like white and red that la- at the end of it. Yeah, was that beautiful? That was just so cool. the image the image was just striking. It yeah, was so was good. It was something different. Where they came up with that idea. It almost made me think about the um, the planet in the beginning of not the last Star Trek movie, but the one before. Oh. Remember everything was red? It was like giving me like flashbacks to that. Right. But that's how I knew that um, that Luke wasn't actually there is because he wasn't leaving footprints. Oh, you noticed that. I like, did notice that yeah, right away. Ryan Johnson left that in there, I think so people can notice um but are you after luke got shot with all the cannons i did over erin talks to herself when when she watches movies i talk to myself all the time she talks to herself all the time but especially during movies so i heard her say what the fuck is he doing what the fuck was that about she actually says what the fuck was that about yeah um so i kind of chuckled because i i knew but um but but yeah and they hinted at the hologram at least that it would be Luke's death, because Kylo Ren, when they first spoke to each other, told Rey that you can't be doing this; it would kill you. So they, that they kind of planted that seed earlier in the movie that this is not a uh, this is a pretty dangerous thing for for anyone to do. Mm. So, but you said you hope Kylo Ren flips. I hope he does not, because that would make it so predictable. Yeah. And just like Return of the Jedi, which is a fear of mine because J.J. Abrams is taking the helm again and I'm afraid because J.J. Abrams for good reason made The Force Awakens like episode 4 or some similarities to it. I'm hoping he doesn't turn it back the more traditional route and um, and make episode 9 like Return of the Jedi. That would just be awful and take away all the good things that Ryan Johnson has done. I, I just wish Ryan Johnson has... Um, he signed on to do another trilogy. It's not going to be with with the characters in this trilogy, but he signed on to do another one. And I just hope he does all the Star Wars movies. because Another t- Star Wars trilogy? He's doing another Star Wars trilogy, but that's all we know. We don't know when it's going to take place. We don't know who's in it. Um, but I don't believe it's going to have, like, Rey or Finn or Kylo Ren. I think Daisy Ridley said after Episode Nine she doesn't want to do any more Star Wars movies. Oh, shit. That's what she says now. But, you know, that, that could change her mind. Money her mind her. can be changed. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but Ryan Johnson just was so bold in this uh, in this movie and led us down a path that it can it can kind of go anywhere. Were you thrown for um, for any loops? Pardon the pun because he did Looper. Um, but were you thrown anywhere? Were anything? anything? I was expecting um, Ray's parents to be actual like important people. Right. Or something. I was like, wait, what? It wasn't. She's not related to them. Like yeah. what? 
Was how? that? I thought it was great. What did you think of it? It doesn't make sense. Like, how is she so powerful? It's a force. I don't get it. How is? Well, you haven't seen the prequels yet, but you'll come to find out that Anakin Skywalker didn't really come from much, and Luke didn't really come from much as much of his bloodline. But what made that line? And people are saying, well, Kylo Ren could be lying to her, but I don't think he is. Yeah. But what made that line so special, and it kind of continued throughout the movie, is that anybody could be. A Jedi. Got it. Anybody, you don't have to come from this bloodline. The, the universe is so big that nobody has to be fucking related to everybody else. Got it. Makes so, sense. But Makes did, sense. Did, so you didn't like that um, that Ray wasn't a Skywalker. Or a I guess because it was like what I was expecting. Right. And I kept trying to find the connection before they revealed that at the end. Um, I kept like the whole movie like, okay, how could she fit into this puzzle? How could yes. she fit into this puzzle? So. But Kylo Ren literally said, "You have no place in this story," which I think is such a brilliant line. It's very meta, yeah. you know, because it's like he's he's telling the audience, she's not part of this. She's not a Skywalker. She's not a Kenobi. She's not a a fucking related to Yoda or anybody. She is a quote unquote nobody. But yeah. that's what's so great. The fact that she doesn't come from this. Exactly. So, what did you think of Snoke? How they handled Snoke? That was weird. Explain. I mean, like, for a minute he was like, I'm going against the bad guys, and then all of a sudden he changed his mind. and Snoke? No, not, I mean, what do you mean how they handled him? How, no, no, how they, the, the writers, how Snoke was handled in, in the storyline. He was a lot more, he had a lot more wit and humor than I expected. Right. Which was cool. Um, what was that, was it like a CGI or a person in a I suit? I don't know, I think it might have been, he looked really good. Yeah, Whatever it, it was. Real. So in episode seven, he looked kind of cartoony, but he yeah. looked great in was, this. And uh, I, yeah, I liked it a lot. I loved the character. Snoke, he was scary. He was very, very powerful. And I was shocked. What did you? How did you feel when he died? I was just like, "What the fuck is happening right exactly. now?" Exactly. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that what movies supposed? They're supposed to take us in this direction where we go, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. Because it kind of mirrored Return of the Jedi, like Snoke being the Emperor, and he kind of had his lines were kind of like the Emperor, and and Rey was kind of like Luke, and Kylo Ren was kind of like Vader, and it turned everything on its head. Yes. Yeah. So, do you think it was a good thing that that Snoke died or a bad thing? I guess it was good because it opens up for Kylo Ren to do whatever the fuck he's going to do, which is to be determined. Um, And I love how that, like, military guy, we tried to, like, put him in his place and he's like, nope, nope, fuck you, guy, you're still an underdog or underman or whatever. Now, the, the character you're talking about is Hux. And he got some criticism. Well, this movie got criticized by a certain population of fandom for certain reasons. But Hux was criticized because they found he was too over the top, um, and I guess too much of a whipping boy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Domhnall Gleeson's a great actor. so I think it was a choice. Yeah. It was a conscious choice. He was written that way. He was played that way. Um, 
I kind of like my villains to be a little more realistic, and he was a little mustache thriller, but that's just a nitpick. I really had no... Watching this the second time, he wasn't as over the top as I thought he was okay. watching it the first time. He was kind of over the top at episode seven, but... I think that's just his character. That's just his character. Then yeah. again, you know, he was in episode... His most over the top at episode seven was him talking to, like, a billion stormtroopers, and he... And being a politician and a leader, yeah. you kind of have to be animated. So, um, what did you think of Luke in this movie? Was he some, something that you expected as far as his behavior? I did expect him to be very resistant to joining and coming back and mm. whatever. Um, and I kind of knew it, it, like he would turn it around at the end and change his mind and whatever. Right. Save the day like he does. Um, did you expect him to do it the way he did? I didn't expect him to die. I mean, I kind of figured that he was going to be, be done at the end of this movie. But, um, you know, I didn't know how exactly. You After he died, you did go, oh! I liked him, and they keep killing all the people I like. All yeah. the old ones are gone. I know. Well, that's I think that's kind of the point. I know, I know it's the point. When, Kylo Ren, sad. when Kylo Ren said, let the past die, kill it. He's kind of talking about the characters in the movie. He's kind of talking about all of it, yeah. Yeah, um... So, but as far as Luke's personality, like, people were upset. Um, the, the criticisms. The criticisms for this movie was, it's not my Star Wars, and they took my Star Wars away, and I can't believe Luke did this, and what? You know, people's ex people expected a certain thing, and then when they were thrown for a loop, which is what fucking movies are supposed to do, people got mad. I think people expected Luke to be this stoic kind of monk, kind of heroic type. Mm. But when we found that he was just this kind of bitter, kind of crotchety, curmudgeon-like old man, people got pissed. Now, I loved it. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so talk about Luke's character. What, what about Luke's character did you like? Well, basically what you were just saying. Like, he wasn't what everybody expected him to be. Yes. Yes. Um... And what'd you think of Mark Hamill's performance? He's great. Yeah. I, I love him. I, this might be his best performance ever. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, what did you think? Uh, were you surprised when Yoda came back? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, wasn't that great? So I wonder if they're going to have Mark Hamill do similar things in the future. <sighs> I think so because, I mean... I hope so. At least I, I hope at least he makes a cameo mm -hmm. as a Force ghost. I think he will. Um, kind of like Yoda and kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi did. He did say to to Kylo Ren, like, "See you around, kid." Yeah. Like maybe that he was dropping a hint right there. Right. Like he said, like, "If you kill me, I will be haunting you." Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that, and that could have so many different meanings. And w w what I loved about this movie, there was so many different meanings. Mm -hmm. um, and. What did you and, and what I loved when Yoda came back was that uh, and I got this listening to certain Star Wars podcasts. I didn't notice it right away, but when Yoda burned the tree and because Luke wanted to get the books, I think Yoda knew that Ray took the books. True. Because Yoda had a line saying about everything that Ray needs, everything she needs, she already has. Yeah. And Luke, again, we're talking about double meanings. Luke thought Yoda meant, oh, okay, she she's learned everything she needs to yeah. learn. But no, Yoda's like, the subtext was, yeah, she took the books. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't need that. And I think Yoda was kind of kind of playing Luke a little bit, um, just so maybe. To Yoda break made, him, I guess. What? To kind of break him in a way. Well, not break him, just to make him maybe not feel bad that he was going to burn down the tree or, um, 
to to just give him a, a certain perception about you know about how things are you know Yoda being the uh, the trickster and all that. I love Yoda. So yeah, I the, love anything Yoda. Yoda could like shit on a a wall, and I'd be like, oh, that's so cute, that's, Yoda. That's episode nine. I love Yoda. But um, I, I love you know this was the Yoda where he was a kind of a combination, like he was. The, the jokester Yoda, but then he also had some serious moments. Um, especially what he said about failure. Um, that was really good. That really hit home yeah. about how teachers don't just teach the good things. They teach, you know, the failures they and that should. students can learn from their failures. And you don't have to be perfect all the time. So, you know, I, I loved I loved that that was brought up, mm-hmm. you know, and that even still Luke is learning and Yoda is still teaching. And, you know, I'm curious if there's ever like a Yoda movie, if there's, well, I don't want to give too much away. You haven't seen the prequels, but I think in, in the prequels, Yoda made some mistakes. Oh, he was in them. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm yep. excited now. So, um, so it shows that, you know, obviously bad shit went down in the prequels. That's not a spoiler, but, um, it just shows that uh, that even the great Yoda can be, you know, misled or misjudge things or or make mistakes. So, um, but I, I like I wonder if it if if maybe if there's a Yoda movie if it shows some of Yoda's failings or the the things that that he's done. I hope so. So so um, uh, what else what else in the movie stood out for you? I don't know too cold to think. Oh, uh, yeah. It is, uh, it is. In New York, it's like zero degrees right now. Yeah, my face really hurts right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, what'd you think of Carrie Fisher's performance? Her last performance? It was good. Ever. She looked tired. You think she looked tired? Maybe it's just the character. I think the place was right there. Yeah. There. Yep. Um, That's where I was. But as far as uh, uh, how Really, you can tell, you know, she's been doing, the general Leia has been doing this for a while. That's what I meant. Like, she yeah. wasn't tired, like, oh, it's Carrie Fisher and she's old. It's it's her character's been oh. through so much yeah. that she was just worn the fuck out. Yeah, and just in politics and being a leader for so long. Yeah. Did, did you feel they, general, it showed the leadership skills of general Leia well in this Kinda. movie? I feel like it was kind of muted. She didn't really, a little bit. Mm-hmm. What did you think of um, of Poe Dameron? It was a nice that he had such a huge role this time. Yeah, but like as far as his arc during the movie, um, the things that he did in the movie, as far as you know, he started out being the hot shot, and then he came to learn that you know you can't always be the hot shot because things will go wrong that way. You have to yeah. show some restraint. Right. Like I think you when 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 Laura Dern's character, I think it was when Laura Dern's character. Um, made her appearance and like Poe was trying to I guess mansplain oh yeah did you pick did you pick up did you pick that up right away not that well honestly mm-hmm. um I think I would have to see it again and really focus on that right right um I was so busy like trying to think about like but no you have to do that no you have to save things and it's like no there's a there's, there's a there's a plan just let yeah. it happen yeah. Well, what would you think of the Laura Dern character of Ad- Admiral Hotho Holdo? Um, she was cool. I just, uh, I guess I didn't realize what she had in her mind about stuff. 
like it seemed like she just wanted to like take over and be the hotshot almost. Right. But then you but then you find out that, you know, she did have a plan and that it wasn't Dameron's place to know about it because he was, you know, he wasn't high on the the chain of command. So yeah. I remember like so a, a complete He thought he was more important than he was. Well, exactly, and considering Leia just demoted him, why would he why would he need to know that? Yeah. You know? Um uh yeah, it was it was like a, a complaint about the movie was how come they didn't let Poe Dameron know? You know, if you would have just told him her plan, then everything would have been fine. He wouldn't have had a mutiny. But it's like, why would a fucking vice admiral tell a just demoted commander what the plan is? You don't do that in in the military. You just don't tell anybody. It's mm -hmm. it's on a need to know basis. Mm -hmm. So, um. And what did you think of the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey? It was very complicated and very confusing. Confusing? Like, I, I was, it, it wasn't confusing. It was just like I couldn't really wrap my brain around what their relationship was. Like, are they, are they adversaries or are they, like, like what, what's going on? You know? Alright. Because they're both, like, lost in the force and they don't really understand how they're feeling and how it's working and... Exactly. Maybe he, maybe he had a better understanding that he let on, but it seemed like they were both kind of navigating this situation that they weren't really comfortable with, and they didn't really know what was happening. Right. Well, that's that's the point because they're both kind of in the same boat. Just you know, Ray is the light side trying not to be seduced by the dark side, but Ren is the dark side trying not to be seduced by the light side. So yeah. they're kind of like Snoke was right in the fact that they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. When when I when I first saw the movie, you know they they it was kind of, when they first started talking to each other through the force, which is like kind of somewhat new through the force. It, it happened. Yeah, I've never Luke, seen that before. Really. Well, it happened briefly with Luke and Leia in Empire Strikes Back uh. when Luke was hurt and dangling in Cloud City, and he called out to Leia, and Leia heard him. Mm. Um, but when they were first talking. It, I looked at it kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, oh my God, are they going to get together? What's going to happen? Yeah. But, and it showed the tension between them. But I'm going to be curious what it's going to be like in episode nine, what their relationship's going to be, how far, if any, in the future this takes place, um, and what happens from there. So did, did you feel The Last Jedi was different? From any of the Star Wars movie that you movies that you remember watching, um, I thought I, I think just the the Force connection between Rey and, and Kylo Ren was different, and it it really struck me for some reason. How? Why? I just thought it was really weird, but not not. I don't want to say weird, but I like it was just unexpected that it was that powerful of a connection between the two of them. Yeah, which was apparently administered by by Snoke. Like Snoke set it up to kind of to kind of mess with the both yeah. of them. Um Like he was too powerful. It was just too fucked up. It was like weird. Well, that's what was so cool about him. How powerful he was. He was so powerful and he was so arrogant, but it was his arrogance that ended up killing him. Right. He was like so overconfident, especially towards the end. I guess when you have that kind of power, why wouldn't you be? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of 
what led the emperor to his downfall. You know, he was arrogant as well. He didn't think he, he could be defeated. Right. But obviously he was. But I kind of like that they killed off Snoke because now it makes it less predictable. It makes it less like the original trilogy in that well, we no longer have an emperor figure, like this older, really powerful uh, bad guy hovering over us. Now it's like a very complicated villain in... Um, in Kylo Ren. Your phone is lighting up when we talk. Is that normal? Yeah, I think okay. that's fine. Um, so, Aaron, yeah. well, what did you think about... Um, I, I, I always ask this, uh, especially to Aaron, um, there weren't that many... Well, actually, no, that's not true. There were a, a, a few women roles in this, uh, mm-hmm. prominent women roles. What did you think of the women, the women in this? Because we spoke about, I think, all the women main characters except for Rose. So what did you think of Rose? Um, I liked her, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, she had a lot more going for her than I thought she would, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, what was the Admiral's name? The, the Holdo. One that, yeah. I, I, I was surprised at how strong of a character she was. She right. Was a strong woman, you know. Yeah. And there was a lot of strong women leading the rebellion. Like, it was her and Carrie Fisher, and there wasn't really any dudes doing stuff. Yeah. You know, it was like lady time. Yeah, which, you know, is quite the contrast. Yeah. After watching, you know, and it, the prequel trilogies are kind of no different, um, with the exception of Natalie Portman. Um, but, um... Uh, with this, they're, they're, they're really, and starting with Rogue One and Force Awakens, they're really making a conscious effort to expand the roles of, of women, not just in the amount of screen time, but how effective the characters are. And yeah. It shows that they're actually doing something as opposed to, like, an ornament or, you know, a uh, damsel or, right. you know, you know, something for guys to play off of. Um... And I think most of the people who run Lucasfilm now are women. Mm. You know, they're the ones who who are... uh, Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm now, because George Lucas isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. So she's... I think she's kind of the last word for things. So she makes some very, very critical decisions when it comes to what goes on in the Star Wars universe. They kind of have to run things by her. I think she allows a lot... She allowed Ryan Johnson, the director of Last Jedi, a ton of creative freedom, but I think that, you know, I would I would think that the last word has to go with her because, you know, it's her company now. Right. So, um... And what did you... A, a, a very much criticized part of The Last Jedi was the Canto Bite sequence, which is the casino planet. Um, what did you think of that whole that whole storyline? I, I don't know what you mean. When they went, when Ray and uh, Finn and Rose went to the casino, right? Yeah, and it that was... was criticized, saying that it was too long. There was no meaning involved in it. No, I thought it. it was cool. I thought it was a nice, like, um, a nice break from the heaviness of the movie. Yes, you know, just like every other scene in every other bar in the Star Wars universe or whatever. It's always like a I don't want to say, like, a comedic relief, but it was, like, a, a fun time relief. Yeah. Like for a hot minute, you just saw, like, you know, something fun and exciting and, like, lots of lights and colors and lots of, like, weird-looking creatures. And it was just kind of cool just, you know. Like, where do you come up with all these weird animals and creatures and things, like... And you just kind of have them in there briefly. You don't explain them. They're just there. And it's kind of fun. Yep. 
It's like Halloween. It's the human imagination and what the Star Wars universe does, they'll take a character that was in the movie for a second and they'll write a whole story about him. Yeah. You know, the, the dwarf that put money into BBA thinking he was a slot machine. Because he was hammered. Yeah, th there could very well be a whole novel written about that 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 guy or yeah. that, that being. You just don't know. Um, that's what's so great about it. Um, and I, I think the, the Canto bite sequence wasn't meaningless in the fact that it showed, well, one, the real evil of the galaxy is not, well, it's, it, it definitely is the First Order, but it showed that it's the people who sell the weapons to not only the First Order, but to the Resistance. Right. And it showed the gray area of the Star Wars universe, which really isn't seen that much. Mm -hmm. And when when Rose said that it's full of the worst, this planet's full of the worst people, you know, you expected like a Moss Eisley cantina on Tatooine from episode four, you know, like a seedy bar, but it's not. It's this, it's this luxurious casino and resort that the worst people in the galaxy come come by and hang out because they're the ones profiting off war. Right. And what'd you think of the Benicio Del Toro character? I was DJ? just going to bring that up. Yeah, he was the embodiment of that idea of, you know, there's no no loyalty to anything. Yep. It's just money. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. It's out money. for himself. Yeah. You know, and sometimes he can do... He's like the shitty version of Han Solo. Yeah, well, I mean, don't forget, Han Solo was that shitty a person. That's what I mean. Yeah, before he, you know, got lined up with the, uh, with the Rebellion. So, um... What did you think of the, the character? Did um, you like him? Did you find him annoying? I, I thought that the stutter was a bit ridiculous, but, I mean, I could totally understand, like, how he is, you know, or he's just, like, after himself because survival of the fittest, like, you know, yeah. I wonder if the stutter was Benicio's choice or if it was written in the script because Benicio plays, like, some off-the-wall character sometimes, so I'm curious if he maybe brought that into it, but the starter didn't really bother me only because, you know, just like anything, there are people in life who stutter. Um, it wasn't necessarily used for any comic relief. I thought it was just unnecessary. Like, I didn't really understand the point. Well, I think it was, it, it, it just was. Yeah. You know, it was like someone having an English accent. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, someone who talks fast or someone who talks slow. I think it was just an affect that, or, or, or a, a way of speaking that wasn't really explained. It was just there. Like, while watching a movie, I think audiences want to know why everything is, but sometimes it just isn't. Sometimes it, that's just right. how it is, and it doesn't have to necessarily be explained. It's just, all right, well, this guy has a stutter, and that's right. it. Yeah. You know? Um, so did you have a favorite part of the movie? the little animals that reminded me of horses because I'm obsessed with horses. Um, they weren't little, they were huge. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the scene with Luke and Kylo Loren. Oh. I really liked that scene a lot. I um, want to... No, go ahead. I know. That's it. I want to get a poster of that scene where Luke... Two, I want to get two posters. One where Luke is facing down all the AT-ATs, all the walkers by himself it's such a beautiful shot of just him looking at all this first order weaponry and then I want to get the shot 
of the last thing Luke sees before he dies, mm. which is the twin sons. And that's a callback to one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars ever, where it's a young Luke on Tatooine just wanting to get the fuck out of where he is yeah, and looking at the twin sons. Right. So they're just absolutely beautiful. Just uh, All right, I'll put that in my bank for your birthday. Oh, yeah. It. We got to find it. It's been a long time. It'll give me some time to find it. Yes, hopefully I'll have a new place to stay by then and it'll be new uh, yes. new new pictures, new pictures on the wall. That and there's um an artist did a picture of Carrie Fisher as a saint and it showed her holding her dog and then giving the middle finger. Yeah, I saw which was that which was awesome. So, um did any parts of the movie make you emotional? Whether it's anger or happiness. Or... I'm sure there are, but I can't think of them right now. Yeah. Um, like every scene with Ray, basically. Oh, really? Not not every scene, but like a lot of her pivotal moments. Uh huh. I was like, oh, poor kid. Now the Ray character in this movie and Force Awakens has been criticized what's known as a Mary Sue. And just the name Mary Sue is kind of sexist within itself, but a Mary Sue in writing is a character that can do no wrong. Okay. That uh, a perfect character, and that because the character is so perfect, she's flawed. And it's, it's, that criticism of her is being called sexist because the guys who call, or I usually say guys, because I think it's mostly guys who criticize the Ray character, they're calling her a Mary Sue, but they won't call Luke a Mary Sue. Right. Even though Ray and Luke kind of have the same, the same kind of arc, um, and that how, you know, Ray just knows everything right away. Uh, she never makes a mistake, and I don't think that's true. Well, one, Ray is blessed with having very being very powerful in the Force, so that's mm -hmm. a given. Um, the fact that she grew up alone on Jakku and had to get by herself learning how to fight, it showed in Force Awakens that she knew how to fight. Right. So when she picked up a lightsaber, she wasn't completely useless with it. Right. That and people said, well, how did she defeat Kylo Ren? But she had help defeating Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren got shot by Chewie's bowcaster, which was powerful. So he was already wounded going into the fight. And then before Kylo Ren fought Rey, he fought Finn, and Finn wounded him as well. Right. So, but Rey had the Force ability in her, and something awoke in her. So she had that power to begin with, as did Luke. Don't forget, Luke blew up a fucking Death Star. Right. You know? And Rey didn't do things on her own, and and, I, and Rey isn't the perfect character in the fact that, you know, it showed, especially in The Last Jedi, how naive she was. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she seems like that's her biggest flaw, is that she's very, like, naive. Trusting. And trust, yeah, like, yeah. She, she thinks that things are going to go great and doesn't expect to get stabbed in the back. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, Kylo's going to turn, Kylo, Kylo Ren's going to turn. Well, he wasn't, and Luke told you that he wasn't, but you still went anyway. Right. You know, against the things that, that, that Luke knew, because... She herself was overconfident right. that she can do this yeah. um, without thinking of, of an alternative. Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, and and Kylo Ren even said that, you know, just she's looking for for some kind of figure, some kind of guidance, and that's her biggest that's her biggest right, weakness, yeah. weakness. She's too trusting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think I think guys, and I usually say guys are kind of mad because maybe because Ray's a woman, and it goes against the fact that maybe they grew up on. And I'm just. I'm just speculating here, but maybe they grew up on Star Wars. It was so male dominated. And now that it's not, um, they kind of feel, uh, I guess on the defensive now, even though, why should you be? It's a big universe. Why not have women characters or any other kind of characters take the lead, you know? Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, so Aaron, Mm -hmm. um, I will ask you, even though you will tell me, I don't know. What's my favorite one? Well, how does this rank compared to Rogue One episode and episodes four through seven? I would say this might be like two or three. Okay. Which um, it what? left me less hopeful well, than the is, others. It is but... the second chapter. Usually, act, the second acts usually. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it left you less hopeful, even though... I think I just... I'm just a little annoyed by uh, Ray's naivete. Okay. I think that... Well, again, she's not a perfect character. didn't really show up as much in the last one. Uh Uh-huh. In my mind, at least, so... I mean, I thought that it was definitely more of a hopeful ending than Empire Strikes Back, because it showed how the Resistance is now going to go on the upswing, because so many people are now inspired by Luke Skywalker... Well, they have to wait until they all grow up because everybody's like five. Yeah, I know, but who knows when, you know, but it's not just the children. It's, it's, that, that word is going to spread everywhere. I hope so. You know, they didn't want to help when they called out for it. Well, that, because they were afraid. They thought the resistance was on the ropes, but now that this story is out there, it could yeah. inspire them. And, and Luke became ev- everything he didn't want to become at the beginning of The Last Jedi, right. he ended up becoming. Yeah. And it was, but luckily it was because he wanted to. So his arc, I thought, was the best, and, yeah. and I really hope we see him, uh, see him in episode nine. So. And it's not so much. I feel like it was not so much that he wanted to. It was just like that's who you are, dude. Get okay. You, yeah. Get used to it. You're a goddamn hero, yeah. and you're amazing. Yep. Yeah. He just had to come to grips with who he was. Right. You know. Like yeah, you failed at one thing, but you're still pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what was so great about the Force Awakens is that you know Han Solo became a legend. Uh, Luke Skywalker became a legend that people didn't really know about that much, probably because mm-hmm. the First Order, you know, erased any kind of history about them, yeah. and you know, and people tend to forget after a while, especially if they're not documented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so this goes uh, this I, I, this after the second time watching it, this is like right next to Empire. It might be better than Empire. I have to watch it a little more, and I have to watch Empire again because this just. It just it hit me on so many levels. Yeah. Um, when my nephew saw it, he loved it in a certain way. My nephew, after he watched the movie, he made pretend to faint. Oh. Uh-huh. Because he was like, I'm so... He said, so much went on. So in the last 40 minutes, he was overwhelmed. And he didn't really faint, but after the movie, he didn't move. And he just made pretend he was, like, dead. Yeah. I said, are you all right? Like, I kept shaking him, and he just didn't move. Because he was so overwhelmed by just how great it was and just how so many things went on. And I love how a 10-year-old can understand it on one level and myself, who's a 41-year-old, can understand it on another level. Mm-hmm. So, like, did you get that? Like, the certain levels... 
think it's so. Like the certain nuance. Maybe. Yeah, and how kids can enjoy one aspect, and then like when you get older, like the meanings can change. I mean, I don't really, nah, I don't understand kids and how they think, so oh. I kind of missed that part. Um, yeah. Well, I would imagine the kids like the fighting in it, and yeah, they like course. some of the action, but then you know, some of the the Emotional nuance parts and the things they they yeah. wouldn't pick up on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the little things. Yeah. Like even like Adam Driver's performance, just he's amazing. Just he's he's so good, I and just like babies. like his his subtle moment, like he had moments where he was just full of rage, which was yeah. you know you can understand why, but then he had like the subtle moments where you can tell how conflicted he was, but yeah. he's not really doing anything. That's why he's such a great actor. He's not doing anything, but you can just tell in his face yeah. that he's what he's thinking, but he's, his face isn't showing any expression. It's just there. Yep. You know, when Snoke is berating him, you can just tell by his face, just going, oh, come on, man. Yeah. You know, but he's not saying that. It's just, he's just implying it. Yep. So, yeah, he's such a great actor. You know, he yeah. was so good in Girls, mm -hmm. and to watch him in this, like, when he was cast, I'm like, what a bold choice, because he's such a quirky guy, and such a quirky actor, but he can play these roles so well. Mm. You know, such a conflicted character so well, you can just tell the vulnerability in him. Even though he's such a big, muscular guy, you can tell how vulnerable he is. Yeah. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, there's one other thing. You might want to cut this out and put it somewhere else in the podcast. But I thought it was really weird that all the kids that, like, worked in the stable and let all the animals out and whatever didn't get their shit kicked out of them for um, it. Like, I'm surprised they weren't, like, murdered I mean, for that. Maybe they were. They all looked or, fine or, to me. Not, not murdered, or maybe they were, you know... Yeah, maybe they were beaten or maybe they had food taken away. They didn't really show what happened to the kids, but, you know, they're not living in the best of conditions. And I guess the slave master would have to keep them in somewhat good shape to clean the stables, I would yeah. imagine. I just was surprised that they didn't have more shit happen to them. Yeah, but they don't look like they're having that much fun. You know, they're, no, they're no, slaves. No, no, obviously. Yeah. So, and there was some, a lot of animal rights, um, you know, with, with Chewbacca not eating the porg. You know, and, and the treatment of yeah, the... Yeah, I was like, Chewbacca's vegan now. What? My nephew said, he was like, oh, he said, my nephew joked. He said, next time I see Chewbacca, you know, when, when he goes to Disney or something, I'm going to tell him, you know. I mean, my nephew knows Chewbacca's not real, but he was joking that, oh, I want to tell Chewbacca, how can you eat the porg? You know, how can you even, you know, I guess Chewbacca killed the porg to eat it? Yeah, I was obviously. like, holy fuck, Chewbacca. Well, he's a fucking meat eater. Like, what do you expect? Let me, oh, let, let me tell you before we go, um... A funny thing about the Porg. So where they shot the, the Luke's Island was called Ankto was the name of it. Mm -hmm. And it was shot in Ireland. Yep. Um, it's Skelly Island, I think it's called. Something like that. So on the island, there are puffins. Right. And puffins where are... where they got the idea for those. Right, right. So puffins are protected. So as, you know... Filmmakers, they, they were not allowed to even touch the puffins because, you know, they're endangered species or protected species. So a lot of the times when you see the porg, 
It's a CGI over. It's CGI over the yeah. puffins. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I feel like the um whatever the fuck those big animals were that that Luke drank <laughs> the milk out of was probably like a symbol of like the seals on Ireland in Ireland. Oh okay. That's what it made me think of immediately when I saw it. People people badmouth that, but it's like well it showed like one it's it's a little shocking and it's like you know it's Star Survival. Wars survival. What the fuck? Yeah, but it showed what Luke would do day to day, and then Ray even said, "I've seen what you do all day. You don't have that much to do." Right. You know? Yeah. So there was a reason for Luke to do all that, and it showed, you know, the kind of lifestyle Luke leads. He was living off the land. He was living off he the land. Free he dairy. Wanted, there it is. He Boom. wanted to be alone, and he wanted to die alone. Right. You know. So, so, so yeah. Everybody lighten up about this movie, man. Seriously. People, people get so angry. And I'm not angry. I'm not angry. And I'm always either. angry. So I am go. so pleased. Like. In previous podcasts and just in conversations, I was, I didn't want this movie to be another Empire Strikes Back. I wanted it to be unpredictable. I wanted it to, to have some left turns in there. I wanted it to throw us uh, for a loop. And I got everything I wanted. This movie was what I wanted it to be, mm. um, what I expected it to be, and it actually exceeded my expectations. So I am now worried with episode nine. Because J.J. Abrams is back, and I'm hoping J.J. doesn't make it more predictable. Mm-hmm. And the guy who wrote The Justice League is writing Episode Nine. Now, I didn't see The Justice League, so I can't really comment on The Justice League. But I, I really hope... You know, I, I know with Kathleen Kennedy there, I hope, you know, if anything, if it's bad. Because Kathleen Kennedy and the people at Lucasfilm fired, fired the original director for Episode Nine. Um, I think it was the original director for episode nine. That's why J.J. Abrams took over. But she also fired the directors. No, no, she fired the directors for the Han Solo movie and then hired Ron Howard. Um, so, because she didn't like the direction the Han Solo movie was going. So, I, I do hope they use that same kind of. Uh, you know, I do hope they have a direction and I hope they, they just. They keep us on our toes the rest of the time. I don't want predictable Star Wars anymore. I want, I want the Star Wars of Episode Eight from now to the day we die. Okay. Anything else, Aaron? Nope. All right. Well, that is it for my second podcast, and not the last about the Last Jedi. So you can mm-hmm. find well, where, where can where can they find you, Aaron? Uh, I'm on Twitter, E R U N U E V is in Victor O. Excellent. And you want to do your GoFundMe? Um, it's GoFundMe. Um, Aaron dash needs dash things because my apartment burnt down and I lost everything, but a lot of clothes and everybody wants to give me clothes. And you know what? I can't store things if I have clothes and no furniture. So stuff that's not clothes would be super or money. So Aaron yes. can just so I can buy, actually buy stuff. Buy yeah, what she needs. So it's GoFundMe.com/slash/Aaron-Needs-Things. And, and I am very grateful for anyone who has donated so far. Oh, thank you so much. I just, I can't believe the the outpouring we've. Yes, gotten. like I cry every time, and I don't cry ever. So yeah. it's kind of amazing. It, it's it's really it, it's it's really great to see to see that you know those those acts of kindness. Yes. Done. It, it, it's it's really it's really nice. 
Um, so, and you can you can find me. Uh, I'm Mike Lane at Mike Lane Act. That's M I K E L A N L A N E A C T at Twitter. Mike Lane Actor on Facebook. Uh, you can email me at Mike Lane Act at yahoo.com and please comment, rate, and share this podcast. Uh, subscribe as well as my uh, my other podcasts. And um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And yes, thank you. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2018. Stay awesome and may the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. Bye.